Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. And I know that as occupational therapy practitioners, you have tons of urgent things that vie for your attention each week. So I'm really glad that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today and to keep up with something that's really important, which is occupational therapy research. It is our first week of school here in Aurora, Nebraska. The weather has suddenly cooled and my son started his first week of kindergarten. And honestly, it's just been the just right challenge for him. He has loved it. I was really nervous as we were walking down the hallway that first morning. I think he could tell I was nervous. And he kept saying, I got this, mom. I got this. So if the changing season means that you are also heading into a transition, I hope that you are heading into it with that same confidence. It's been a big week here at OT Potential. We kind of have two things that we've been focused on. The first is as part of the OT Potential website, we've had a marketplace for probably like five years where occupational therapists were able to sell digital downloads like forms and eBooks and handouts to other OTs. And it's just been an awesome experience being able to share those digital downloads. But as our attention has focused more and more on our journal club, we decided that it's actually time to shut down that store. Some of the most popular items will be moving into the OT Potential Club. But I wanted to let you know that if you're familiar with the marketplace and had your eye on a form or an ebook or a handout, that this is definitely the time to buy it because most of the store will be shutting down on September 1st. The other big logistical thing that we're figuring out is I've been contacted by some professors about offering the journal club to their classroom. And it seems like that is possible to do that kind of team membership with a discount to the OT Potential Club, and we're pretty sure we have everything set up, but we are looking for a couple pilot classrooms or programs to have all their students sign up for the OT Potential Club this fall semester. So if you are interested in that, you can go ahead and contact me via the website, and we're going to be doing a special discounted rate to those programs that are part of our pilot program uh, because we will be figuring things out on the back end for this first semester. Okay, so I think those are all the announcements that I have for you today, and we are going to turn our attention to this week's journal article. You'll see that this article is about setting research priorities and specifically within Parkinson's disease research. But if this is a patient population that you don't see on a regular basis, I still encourage you to stick around for the entire podcast because we will start really specific looking at those research priorities within Parkinson's. But by the end, we're going to be stepping back to take a much broader look just at how research priorities are set. And we actually have some exciting, concrete ways that you can have a seat at the table and help set those research priorities for occupational therapy. So this week's article is called Priority Setting Partnership to Identify the Top 10 Research Priorities for the Management of Parkinson's Disease. It comes from the journal BMJ Open, which is an open access journal. 
its impact factor is 2.4, so that puts it at slightly smaller than the American Journal of Occupational Therapy in its scope of impact. This journal article was published in 2014, and it is ranked 27th on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles from the past five years. Okay, so let's dive in. Parkinson's disease is going to be the diagnosis that we look at the most in the club this year. On our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles, I think it comes up five times. So, so far this year, we've already looked at a randomized controlled trial that looks at OT treatment and kind of laid out some specific treatment guidelines for occupational therapy. And the other article that we looked at was a larger research review of what is working in Parkinson's treatment currently. And the big takeaway from that article was that exercise-induced neuroplasticity is really key for these patients. There are some really great medications on the market for PD patients that help manage symptoms, but unfortunately, none of these medications, uh, from what I know, actually slow the progression of Parkinson's. And that exercise-induced neuroplasticity, when that is triggered, it seems that that actually holds promise in actually slowing the progression of Parkinson's. So those were our big takeaways from the past two articles. And in this current article, we are going to be looking at research around Parkinson's disease from a different angle. The article asks, what don't we know about Parkinson's treatment? And what should the priorities be for Parkinson's research moving forward? From an OT perspective, there is a big dose of humble pie in this article. The article specifically states that, unfortunately, there is insufficient research evidence for any certainties in speech therapy and occupational therapy for PD. By certainties, the article means that there are no large systematic reviews that really confirm the efficacy of occupational therapy treatment for these patients. Now, that being said, the research they cited to back this up was a 2007 Cochrane Review. If you're familiar with Cochrane Reviews, they are kind of the gold standard of systematic reviews. They're kind of the most rigorous distilling of evidence and really what we look at to really have confidence that the evidence supports a certain treatment. So unfortunately, back in 2007, this Cochrane Review said that there was insufficient evidence, uh, not that the evidence was bad, there just wasn't enough to really confirm that occupational therapy is an effective treatment for Parkinson's. Now, the research landscape has changed a lot since 2007. Just on this podcast, we've looked at new research about occupational therapy and Parkinson's, but another Cochrane review hasn't been done uh, since then on this topic. So overall, it's still an unanswered research question. But all that being said, as you look at the research priorities that were identified in this specific journal article, occupational therapy practitioners should feel really affirmed that our work and focus in OT aligns with where this group hopes that the PD research leads. 
None of the priorities specifically addressed like pharmaceutical management or biomarkers or anything too technical. For the people that they surveyed, they really wanted to know which treatments lead to functional gains and helped improve the quality of life for these Parkinson's patients. So I'm just going to read my own abbreviated form of these 10 research priorities, and I encourage you to check out the actual article to see them all fleshed out. So for people with Parkinson's disease, here are the research priorities. One, what treatments are helpful for reducing balance problems and falls? Two, what approaches are helpful for reducing stress and anxiety? Three, what treatments are helpful for reducing involuntary muscle movements? Four, is it possible to identify different types of Parkinson's disease? And can we develop treatments to address these different types? Five, what best treats dementia for people with Parkinson's disease? Six, what best treats mild cognitive problems? Seven, what is the best method for monitoring response to treatment? Eight, what is helpful for improving quality of sleep? Nine, what helps people improve dexterity so they can do up buttons, use computers, phones, remote controls, etc.? And 10, what treatments are helpful in reducing urinary problems? So before we look at how they arrived at these research priorities and a little bit more at how OT was involved, I want to just talk briefly about why articles like this are needed. If you are a practicing clinician, you probably haven't spent a ton of time contemplating which research topics get prioritized and which ones don't. But unfortunately, as you can probably guess, research agendas have been accused of being overly influenced by pharmaceutical and medical device industries. My own interpretation of this not stated in the journal article was that research, like everything else, has a tendency to follow the money, that the big financial players in healthcare are overly influencing the research agenda to the point where we all need to be stepping back and asking, is this research actually helping people in a meaningful way and not just helping companies sell more of a specific product? So that's why a journal article like this is important because it's striving to set research priorities using a systematic, transparent, and inclusive method. Basically, it's trying to provide some checks and balances to make sure that research actually matters to our patients. So how was occupational therapy involved in this journal article? I mentioned already that occupational therapy was highlighted as a treatment that we have insufficient evidence for. So for this article, it fell under the category of uncertainty, where we're not certain about the efficacy of occupational therapy treatment and more research is needed. The other way that occupational therapists were involved were they were invited to actually take the survey. And it doesn't say it explicitly, but I would guess that some of the allied health professionals that participated in the survey were occupational therapists. So just to break down that process for you, there were 1,000 participants that were surveyed to identify what issues in Parkinson's disease needed research. And anyone with experience of PD was invited to participate, including people with Parkinson's, their caregivers, family and friends, healthcare professionals, specifically of interest to us, the specialist section for neurological practice at the College of Occupational Therapists was invited to participate. 
along with social care professionals. For the initial round of surveying, participants were asked to identify what issues for the management of PD needed research. And from this massive list of 4,100 answers, 112 were identified by a steering committee as unique. And the steering group then whittled these down to 94 uncertainties that were sent out to the participants who had left their contact information. And these participants voted to identify 26 priorities that were most important to them. And then finally, the last step was a workshop was held to prioritize the 26 priorities down to the 10 that I talked about just a little bit ago. So this process was all done in partnership with the James Lind Alliance. And the James Lind Alliance is a nonprofit whose specific aim is to bring patients, caregivers, and clinicians together to set research priority agendas like this. I was looking at their website and it looked like they had maybe 30 other lists of research priorities for different areas. And we will talk a little bit more about the James Lind Alliance in just a little bit. But for now, let's head into my takeaways for occupational therapists from this article. Again, this time, these are my personal takeaways. They were not mentioned in the discussion of the article. Sometimes I do pull takeaways specifically from the discussion of the articles, but these are my personal opinions of how this research could matter for occupational therapy clinicians. So my first takeaway is this, that as OTs, we should look at this list of research priorities and feel affirmed that our work aligns with what matters to those who experience Parkinson's disease. As you read through the research priorities, the territory should all look very familiar to OT. And for me, this just affirms that the goals of patients and their caregivers aligns with what we have to offer. And part of our job as occupational therapists is communicating that our services do have that alignment that we are trying to provide treatment that matters to these patients. My second big takeaway is that even though Parkinson's disease is the diagnosis that we are looking at the most frequently in our journal club, it really strikes me that there is just still not enough research. It is human nature to want really clear answers, but in my opinion, it is the nature of working in therapy that we a lot of times work in a gray area. Whenever you work with individuals, there are just so many factors that influence what is happening in their lives. And at this point in history, we are just really limited in our ability to draw clear black and white answers about what is most helpful for all the individuals that we're working with. However, that being said, just because there is not a clear systematic review of treatment guidelines for OT and Parkinson's disease, there is still a lot of evidence to weigh as you plan your treatments for these patients. Still one of my favorite resources that I found looking at our previous Parkinson's disease journal articles was the Fitness Counts Packet that's put out by the Parkinson's Foundation. Just a really great informational packet that's created to be shared with patients about what we know to be the best practices for Parkinson's therapy at this time. And it just seems that overall that if helping your patient do what matters to them is your priority, that you are on the right track. And specifically with Parkinson's disease, I would also add to that that encouraging them to do regular aerobic exercise, again, to activate that exercise-induced neuroplasticity is really important. So if you're doing those two things, from what we can tell, you are on the right track. 
And my last takeaway is that as OTs, we should have a seat at the table when it comes to setting research priorities. The crux of our profession is understanding what matters to patients, and that is exactly the perspective that is needed when setting research priorities. So I encourage you to take advantage of any opportunities that you have to weigh in on research priorities. I know that we all get hit with surveys on a fairly regular basis, but if one comes your way that has to do with this setting of research priorities, I really encourage you to consider taking it. In fact, the James Lind Alliance, which is the nonprofit that spearheaded this current article that we were looking at, has a survey open right now to identify research priorities for occupational therapists. So this is exactly what we're talking about. This is a survey that you can log on to their website and take. It's in partnership with the Royal College of Occupational Therapists in the UK. You don't have to live in the UK to take this survey. I took it this morning. They're really just looking for anyone who has experience with occupational therapy to weigh in on what you think should be the priority for occupational therapy research in the upcoming years. So basically, you would be a part of the process that we described earlier in this podcast where they'll get a large number of answers and whittle that down to 10. And just as kind of an aside, I'm thinking about becoming a promotional partner for this project as the OT Potential Club. So if you have any personal experience with the James Lind Alliance and you think that would be a good idea, please reach out to me and let me know or if you know of other similar organizations where OTs can be involved in setting research priorities, please reach out to me because I definitely see that as being a natural extension of this club as we're getting more and more therapists digging into the research. I really want your voices to be heard about what you see as missing and what you see as being a priority for our patients. I'll be sure to link to that James Lind Alliance survey in the OT Potential Club, but I'm sure that you can also find it by doing a little work on Google. And as we wrap up, I just want to remind you that the OT Potential Podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club, which is your online occupational therapy journal club. The online version of the club is really where these journal articles come to life for OTs because I definitely perceive myself as just getting the discussion going. And then what happens each week is we have a forum where people weigh in on how the research actually pertains to their practice. And I'm so thankful to the thoughtful and kind and forward-thinking occupational therapists that we have weighing in each week on this research. I've really just been blown away by what I see happening in the forum. So I encourage you to check out the OT Potential Club. You can do so at otpotential.com. Right now it is $25 per year to join our online journal club. We're actually going to be raising the price at the end of September. So I encourage you to join now to become one of our founding members. And that means that you will stick at that $25 per year price as long as you keep your membership active. So hopefully it will be a really good deal for you for being one of our early adopters. Again, you can find that at otpotential.com. And I want to thank you all for joining me today. And I hope you give great care this week.